May we, like the woman at the well, recognize Jesus as the Messiah, the true wellspring of life, and may our encounters with him lead us to share his love and truth with those around us. Let us leave today inspired to seek genuine worship in spirit and truth, drawing ever closer to the heart of God. Our scripture today is from John 4, verses 1 through 26. If you would like to follow along in our pew Bibles, you will find it on page 1000. This is where I should probably, 65. I'm getting older. My eyes are not as good as they were with far away. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me. A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship that you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. It's a beautiful day to serve the Lord. We'll serve him together in one accord. It'll be fun to serve him as one. Our community comes together for good. We'll serve throughout the neighborhood. It'll be grand to serve hand in hand. We'll always come together to be just and true. We'll always show his love for everyone, me and you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day by serving God in every way. Come sing along, we'll lift up our song to love and serve our neighbor. Come sing along, we'll lift up our song to love and serve our neighbor. Amen. Good morning. And hello, neighbors. For those on site as well as those online, it is so good to be with you today. Now, since mid-September, we've been drawing inspiration from Jesus and even from Mr. Rogers as we have focused on very important biblical themes. As we conclude our neighborly series today, we will remember where we've been and think about where God is calling us to be. You are invited to follow along as we dig into God's word today. The page number for our pew Bibles is listed on the screen. You are always welcome to bring your personal Bible to worship to use, or you may use a Bible app on your mobile devices. Would you please join me in prayer? Almighty God, open our ears that we may hear your word. Open our eyes that we may see your glory in our midst. Open our hearts that we might know your spirit's presence with us in these moments. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. The Neighborly Sermon Series has certainly invited us to be more neighborly. We have claimed some important lessons on the following fruits of the Spirit and values. Patience. We are called to practice patience and even silence, which invite us to slow down in our lives, leaving those white spaces in between and leaving room to listen and to reflect. Love. We are called to remember the most important, the greatest of all time commandment to love God and to love neighbor. Kindness. We are called to remember that loving God and loving neighbor means that we are to demonstrate compassion and kindness to all people. And forgiveness. We are called to remember that Jesus taught unlimited forgiveness. And we also claimed some steps last week to say, I forgive you. Now, it has been said that forgiveness and acceptance, those are life-altering lessons. Believing this to be true, today we're going to focus our attention on acceptance. As Christians, we are invited, like Jesus, to meet people where they are in life. And when we do so, we are invited to meet people with love and with acceptance. Now, as we have been drawing inspiration from Mr. Rogers, I want to share one of the best moments in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood history. And we'll have a picture. When there was a lot of systemic racism and segregation happening in the nation in 1969, Mr. Rogers wanted to address it in a very subtle way. He invited one of his neighbors, Officer Clemens, to cool his feet with him in the waiting pool. This was a very powerful moment in its time. 
and then these two men recreated it toward the end of the show's history. Now, the actor who played Officer Clemens said that Fred Rogers had such a gentle way of really seeing all people and making them feel so loved and accepted. Mr. Rogers modeled this acceptance for so many generations to witness and to claim. In fact, Mr. Rogers once said, and I quote, When we love a person, we accept him or her exactly as is. The lovely with the unlovely, the strong along with the fearful, the true mixed in with the facade. And of course, the only way that we can do it is by accepting ourselves that way. Honestly, Jesus was the only person who could demonstrate acceptance without fail. Jesus would meet people where they were no matter what, and he had a way of looking at someone and talking with them that made them feel seen and made them feel heard. In the Gospel of John's narrative, though, we have two stories within two chapters where this happens. And there's a lot of contrasting information, so, so let's take one and apply it to our focus today. So in John chapter 3, Jesus encounters a man at night. In chapter 4, Jesus encounters a woman during the day. The man's name is Nicodemus, and he has a prominent position within the Jewish community. And in our story, the woman is unnamed. She is a minority and from Samaria. Jesus and Nicodemus have this spiritual conversation about wind and spirit. Jesus and the woman at the well have a spiritual conversation about fresh water and living water. These stories provide an opportunity for us to embrace the Jesus who cares for all people and especially their spiritual questions and their spiritual needs. So in our focus passage, we hear that Jesus found himself leaving Judea and going back to Galilee. We are reminded that Jesus was tired and weary from his journey. Certainly Jesus was weary from all of the drama that was caused by the Pharisees and the other religious leaders of the law who were going on and on about who was gaining more disciples. Was it John the Baptist or was it Jesus? Well, in fact, Jesus wasn't even doing any baptizing. It was his disciples. So Jesus had to go through Samaria. He found himself near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And as Jesus sits by the well, a Samaritan woman approaches it to draw water from it, as was her responsibility. Now, her expectation was to politely do her job around this stranger who was sitting there. And then the impossible happens. This man, Jesus, speaks to her. Will you give me a drink? Now, according to the custom of the day, a woman would not ever be speaking with a rabbi anywhere, and most definitely not in a public place like Jacob's well. So the woman isn't afraid to point out the obvious. You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? She was well aware of the traditions and rivalries between Jews and Samaritans. 
Of course, these traditions and rivalries never stopped Jesus, who responds with, If you only knew. If she only knew the amazing gift from God that was standing right before her in front of her eyes. If she only knew that she could ask him for living water. And when Jesus speaks of this living water, she would have thought that Jesus was speaking of another source of fresh water. As moving water was living. Jacob's well had been used for many generations. Her response indicates that she cannot imagine another source of fresh water that would be beneficial to her current needs. The response to Jesus was essentially this. The water that I offer is fresh. It's flowing and it leads to eternal life. And of course, this woman wants this water. She responds with the kind of enthusiasm that we have when we are thirsting for something more in our lives. She responds with the kind of enthusiasm that Fred Rogers had when he invited his neighbor to cool his feet with him in the pool. And the kind of enthusiasm Officer Clemens had to do just that. Now, of course, this isn't the end of the woman at the well story. Jesus has met this woman where she was at that well, physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. And so he tells her to go, to go and to get her husband and to come back, to which she must admit that she does not have a husband. It's pretty blunt, isn't it? And then Jesus points out the reality of her situation. She has had five husbands. The man that she was with currently wasn't her husband. We don't have her entire backstory, so we cannot certainly judge, nor can we even speculate what this is all about. But are you wondering why in the world Jesus points out this scandalous information? And why in the world would the gospel writer John even include it? As their conversation continues, this woman recognizes that Jesus must be a prophet. And so she continues to engage in a spiritual conversation with Jesus. And she shares what she knows to be true. Her ancestors worshipped on this mountain. And yet she insists to Jesus that you Jews must worship in Jerusalem. Then she learns that it really doesn't matter where one worships because the living God cannot be contained geographically or even architecturally. And Jesus emphasizes with her in verse 24, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. This Samaritan woman knows that the Messiah called the Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything. We ended the reading of today's passage with Jesus declaring, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Neighbors, can you imagine the great joy that she experienced learning that this man was the Christ, the Messiah, 
the one that the Jews and others like the Samaritans were now longing for. Later in the story, the Samaritan woman goes back to her home. She begins to tell everyone about the Christ that she encountered at the well. I want you to hear these words from John chapter 4, 39 through 42. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the savior of the world. This story lays the foundation for when the gospel message would return again and again to Samaria. So many others would come to believe in Jesus and be transformed by this good news. And one of the pivotal moments was Jesus' acceptance of the woman at the well. Jesus met her on her terms, helped her to understand what she believed about the Christ, and he helped her to see that he was right there before her. He offered to her the living water that would quench her spiritual thirst. And Jesus offers to us this living water that will become in us a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Spiritual conversations like the one Jesus had with the woman at the well are important to our belief in God, our understanding of Christ, and even our acceptance of ourselves and others. I need spiritual conversations like this with mentors and with colleagues. I need spiritual conversations with, with you to keep me working out what I believe and accept to be true in my life. Now it has been said that God sees us as we are, loves us as we are, and accepts us as we are. Yet by God's grace, God doesn't leave us as we are. That means that, that God in Christ is going to work out in our minds, our hearts, and our souls, always desiring to bring out our best selves. I don't know about you, but I can readily admit that I have some rough edges that need to be worked out. <laughs> they always need a little attention. And yet we can also accept the reality that we are works in progress. Amen? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I am a work in progress. <laughs> now, how important it is for us to accept the fact that we are works in progress, but know that we cannot point out others' issues. We can say that we ourselves are works in progress, but we can't look at someone else and say, you are a work in progress. <laughs> It kind of defeats the purpose. It is only Jesus that can bring about the change and transformation to get people where they most need to be. So when you think about your relationships with others, do you accept them in the way that they deserve to be accepted? 
Are your conversations with them filled with words that demonstrate your acceptance and respect? By accepting, to be accepting is truly the test of respecting someone, celebrating who they are, or as I like to say, accepting the good, the bad, and even the ugly. You know, Mr. Rogers said, the world needs a sense of worth, and it will achieve it only by its people feeling that they are worthwhile. Acceptance is a key component to this and something that our world needs now more than ever. Tamara Joy Retno of New York posted on Facebook five days ago after the conflict between Israel and Hamas began. It has been shared many times. And first, Tamara shares her story, and I quote, I am Jewish. My neighbor, Zaya, is Palestinian Muslim. Today, I brought baklava, a homemade tea blend, and homemade soap and a large orchid to her home. She took me into her arms, and we cried. We talked for a long time. Her husband served me Arabic coffee, and she served me stuffed grape leaves. They sent me home with more grape leaves, lamb for Greg, and their last bag of cardamom coffee from Palestine. She said that she would make me kunafa, my favorite Palestinian dessert. And then Tamara preaches. Stop making change theoretical and abstract. It is knocking on neighbors' doors and, and sharing coffee and sweets. It is telling each other's stories. It is heart to heart and neighbor to neighbor. We are all human. We all want a place to call home and for our babies and grandmothers to be safe. She concludes with, peace begins with me. Neighbors, peace begins with being neighborly, embracing patience and silence. Embracing kindness, love, forgiveness, and acceptance. It is remembering that we have a God who loves us and accepts us. A Savior who lived and died for us. And a Holy Spirit who continues to inspire and to challenge us. Imagine what it would be like to be neighborly to those literal neighbors living in the houses next to yours. Imagine what it would be like to be neighborly to those people who are sitting in the pews around you. And imagine how our world would change if you and I would just be a little more neighborly to everyone we meet along the way. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God, I would give you living water. Mr. Rogers always said, it's you I like. If we know the gift of God who gives us living water, may we turn to our neighbors, accept them, and say with meaning, it's you 
I like. May we share a wading pool, a cup of hot tea or water, but may we share evidence of the living water that is welling up inside of us. Amen. I'd invite you to get comfortable as we join together in prayer. Almighty and gracious God, we come before you this day. We have been discovering what it means to be more neighborly. We've been inspired and we've been challenged by Jesus' words and, and the quotes of Mr. Rogers. We've been working hard to embrace patience and silence, kindness, love, forgiveness, and acceptance. But God, may we accept ourselves for who we are. May we accept our neighbors as they are. May we allow Jesus to work on all of our rough edges. So that we might be the people that we've been called to be. That our best selves may be shared with the world. And God, we pray for this world, this very broken world. A world that needs more cardigans. More of the fruits of the Spirit. More of those things that we've talked about and especially the one that we struggle with the most. And again, God, this week we pray for the peace of Israel and Palestine. This is an important place to our, our spiritual journeys. And our hearts ache and mourn with the lives that have been lost. For the hatred, the discord... God, send forth your peace and send it soon. And God, even in our own corner of the world, there's brokenness. There's unrest. There's unforgiveness. There's a lack of tolerance. And there is pain. God, please speak into our hearts this day. As we turn to our neighbors, look them in the eye and seek to love them as you love them. God, thank you for the sacred spaces in which we gather, in which we worship. We wrestle with what it means to be your people. God, all of this we bring to you in the name of the one who taught his disciples to pray together, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. <laughs>